This episode is brought to you by Cox Contour TV. Find the entertainment you love with Contour TV and Contour Stream Player. Learn more at coxcox.com slash contour. Alex Carell is one of over 70,000 Google Career Certificate graduates. The Google Career Certificate program completely changed the trajectory of my life. I've always been interested in computers, but I never thought I could turn this into a career. Anytime I got a little break, I'd just pop open the course on my phone. That allowed me to have that path into a career that I'm passionate about. Train online for in-demand jobs in IT, UX design, data analytics, project management, and more. Visit grow.google slash certificates. Good evening, Honey Hole Hangout. Oh, that one was loud. It was. Wow. It even throws me off when I re-listen to the podcast, and I'm like, ooh. Oh, man, he's, he's welcome. You project. I feel he like is. that's why people listen to the podcast. He's yeah, wishing they, everybody such a good evening. Excited. They have to keep listening. Well, we have uh, our normal crew, myself, Landon. We have Zach. Hello. We have old Clifford. It's kind of hot in here. You said it's hot in here? Yeah. Yeah, because the... Beeping, Take we had to shut the. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> we have a guest, Diego. Hello. How are you, Diego? I am. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Diego is a friend of ours. Old fly tying days. From our old fly tying days back in the day, pre-COVID. <laughs> Pre-COVID. And uh, we're going to talk to him about how he got into fly fishing and fly tying. And they recently, family recently bought like a little piece of property and maybe some of the conservation efforts you guys are putting into it. Oh, definitely. Okay. Recently. <laughs> you have had that for a minute now. Forever. Yeah, I know. How long have you had it for? We've had it for like, I think it's three years now. Yeah. I guess in the grand scheme recently. Yeah. But I, honestly, when you said that, it did make me think like in the last like, like They got months. another piece. Yeah. In the last few yeah. months. Recently, a couple years. I guess recently for people who are listening, but recently for us would have been like within the last time I saw Diego. Well, that was, I think we had it before the podcast. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We definitely did. We've been gone for a year. Last time we saw you, though, was uh, last dove season. Oh, the dove. Yeah. And y'all, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we came out dove hunting. It was dove season. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good time. It was fun, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We need to do that again. Yeah. We forgot turkey season. Uh, Oh, yeah. We didn't forget. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't forget. There's no we forgetting this conversation. <laughs> well, if you're a first-time listener to Honey Hole Hangout, uh, we are a collaboration of four fly fishermen who somehow afforded podcast equipment and figured out how to release content on the internet. These are our stories, opinions, and perceptions of outdoor pursuits in the sporting world. Basically, we talk about hunting, fishing, being outside, yeah. Whatever else is on our mind, we just like to hang out, have fun. Yeah, you need to change that from just fly fishermen to outdoorsmen or something. To outdoorsmen. I meant to say, uh, last time I said fly fishermen and hunters, but I forgot to ad-lib that in because it's not written, so I need to make a little edit. Gotcha. Yeah, that was not intentional. Just got to keep you honest, man. Yeah. Oh, I would just call us out. out. <laughs> <laughs> I just call us outdoorsmen. Woodsmen. Woodsmen. Ooh, I like that. 
I like woods people. <laughs> <laughs> um, what if I like meadows? A meadow man? Meadow man. <laughs> a meadow, meadow individual. Meadow individual. There you go. So, Diego, you just went on a couple trips to Missouri? Mm-hmm. And, and Wyoming? And, and Wyoming. Wyoming. Mm-hmm. So, tell us about Wyoming first. What cool things happened in Wyoming? Wyoming was great. It was... Um, it was like a kind of like a summer camp, and we had. It was like, to look at it. Like what kind of summer camp? It was to look at a college, okay. um, but they're like really outdoors oriented. So um, a lot of what they were like teaching us or or what we were doing there was like we had every day we had like two classes in the morning and then we would go do something outdoors, which was basically like rock climbing or rappelling. The rappelling was crazy, um, and then we had like a, a four day backpacking trip in the middle. And then when we got back, we would have horsemanship and then, like, some other stuff. So is this a summer camp or is it a college? It's a college. Um, or is it the summer <laughs> camp at a college? <laughs> These a are sum- all different things. It's a summer camp at a college. But you're not getting college credit for it. No, no, no. Okay, no. that was my and question. But it, they're tr- it sounds like they're trying to recruit you to come to their school and saying, these are all the cool activities we do. Exactly, yeah. 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 There's actually, it's crazy because, the, the like, freshman year, before you go into the college, there's a 21-day backpacking trip they have to do um, for you the college. You have to do? You ha- yeah, it's, it's not optional. Whoa, okay. Dang. Yeah. Hey, this, gotta, this college is kind of crazy. You've got to earn your way to go there. What was the college's name? You don't have to say if you don't want to. Can we say it? Yeah. If you want, yeah, it's yeah. up to you. It's uh, Wyoming Catholic. Okay. It's, like, it's really, really small, though. So it's, it's like 200 people or something like that. Dang. Okay. Mm. That's cool. But it's, it's like liberal arts, and, um, and I think like you're required to do t- at least two, but up to like five trips, and they can be like uh, canyoneering or like stuff like that. But the cool thing is that it's all kind of in the tuition, and the tuition is also really low. So that's cool. Oh, now, could, that's cool. Could you turn them into like a fly fishing trip if you wanted to? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's like um, there's – I think the Wind River is right there. Yeah. And there was a ton of fly shops, and it was a super small town. Um, but a lot of the guys there uh, fly fish. Just that no one brought a rod, so. <laughs> nice. That's cool. Well, that's not – so go to school. this to sounds like fish. a school that I'd be interested in. Yeah, right. My brother actually, he, like, saw it, and he's like, how did my college counselor not tell me about this school? And then the other one in Missouri, too, because I've been looking at it. So are – where – it sounds like you've looked at a couple colleges. Where is this college on your tier list of rankings? To be honest, I have no idea what I want to do or, like, what college I want to go to. So I've just been kind of looking around. This one was, like, a suggestion from a teacher. Um, and he was like, you know what? If you, if you like, you go to visit this, because I know you'll love it. Like, I'll even pay for everything. He, he didn't. Like, I was like, no, no, that's fine. But um, So that was that one. And then the other one, I think my brother just had, had seen a while back. But I really don't know yet. That was one of Missouri. Has three dudes mm-hmm. who have gone to college. You should go away for college. Oh. <laughs> yeah, at least six Definitely. hours. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd say at least three. I was like three hours away, basically. Yeah. I was six. It was far enough where I couldn't go home every weekend, you know? But also, if I had to go home, I could. It's close enough to where it's not too big of a pain. Exactly. Oh, a crazy, yeah. crazy thing. Uh, so, like, this this town, it didn't have an airport because it was so small. And then, like, uh, a town that was kind of close to it, did have an airport, but they only had one flight a day out, like outside, to go outside. Um, but the we were coming back Fourth Fourth of July weekend, and because it was such a small airport, they were, needed a mechanic, and none of the other airports wanted to give them one because there were so many people traveling. So actually, had to, they were like, "No, nah, the flight's canceled. The one flight a day." <laughs> and so we had to stay with like with some of the counselors there that were also like students. Um, 
and we just like we slept on like the floor and like sleeping bags outside. But it was it was yeah. really cool. That sounds like a fun trip. That does. So uh, you did like rock climbing. What y'all What y'all do in the backpacking trip? In the backpacking trip, it was mostly. Um, it wasn't like super intense, but it, it did start hailing, which is you know unexpected. Um, but we we would do a couple miles. I think it was like around five every day in the Grand Tetons. Uh-huh. Um, and we would. I mean, it was like most of us hadn't done a backpacking trip. I hadn't done a backpacking trip. Um, and so it was mostly just like to getting getting to know like the outdoors and stuff like that. Um, and and just like appreciating everything. Like the views were just great. Um, it was like. It was also like very faith oriented. The whole college is too. Um, so some of the pictures there were like were just crazy. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then you went to Missouri to look at another college, mm-hmm. and Missouri. we heard you did some fly fishing while you were there. Yeah, I did. I did some fly fishing for trout. My first, I caught my first trout there ever. That's your first trout. My first trout. You I never didn't... like gone to the Guad and caught a a stalker. No, I you know, I'd gone to the Guad, but I hadn't. I so hadn't not just trout on the fly. First trout. First Ever. trout. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Dang. You uh, know the DIY? Yeah. <laughs> my my brother and I, we had absolutely no idea what we were doing at all. Um, we had just, like, caught bass and stuff like that. And we saw it. We saw a few bass. Um, and so we just, like, tied whatever fly we thought would look good. We didn't even know anything about the hatch or about, like, uh, anything like that. But we just saw, like, a, a trout, and we went after it and caught a couple. Did you say there was uh, – it was, like, at a Bass Pro or something? It was, oh, yeah, I'm trying oh, to remember. caught the trout? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but it, it wasn't like a store <laughs> or anything. It was like. Yeah. I, uh, I don't think there was like Bass that. Pro Relator like outside or something. Yeah. So it's like um, Bass Pro. I don't, know if it, I don't know where Bass Pro started, but they have, they have a ton of stuff there. They have like a resort ah, and they have like. it might be Missouri. This was, Missouri. This was in Branson. Oh, oh, called, oh uh-huh. I've been to that. I've been to that Bass Pro. Have you? It's on the strip thing. I don't. Well, I didn't actually go to the store. It was like, oh, uh, okay. It's like I think it's ten thousand acres that they own, and a little chunk of it is like. I mean, it was basically like going to like a Wait, like so, a park. So Bass Pro owns the land. The yeah, park yeah. That you started went to. in nineteen seventy one in Springfield, Missouri. There you go. Yeah. And yeah, Springfield is also really close. Yeah, my dad and I. So went that would be to why the, they own the land there. That makes sense. My dad and mm-hmm. I went to the flagship store when, oh shoot, I think we were driving down from uh, Ohio when we were moving back to Texas, mm-hmm. and we stopped at the Springfield, Missouri Bass Pro the one, on the way. If you go to the one in Memphis, it's the largest Bass Pro. Yeah. Oh, is that one that's like a pyramid? Yeah. That's like all glass. I think we've been to that one too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, but cool. So, okay, did you like Missouri? Um, yeah, it was a bit... Um, it's the most humid place on Earth. It was, yeah, it was in very the Ozarks humid. in the summer? It, it was in the Ozarks. That's where it was. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it was, it was beautiful. It was, it was really hot and humid. But um, yeah, but you guys caught some trout, and apparently there was like a grumpy lady there. <laughs> there was, yeah. So we like <laughs> we're going up, and it's so like you had to pay a, a, like a small fee or something to get in and and fish and stuff. And so we're going up, and we're like, oh, we we were wondering if we can just do some fishing. We're mainly looking for like trout. You know, we've never caught trout before. And the lady's like, yeah, you can only fish from this bridge to this bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was like a really small area. And then she's like, yeah, and you're absolutely not going to catch any trout. They're not biting right now. You might catch some, like, bluegill or some smallmouth bass, but that's, that's all that's in the river. That's all that's biting. And I'm like, whoa, okay, okay. <laughs> um, there was, uh, I think there was some flies, and we're like, you know, we actually don't even know what flies to use. We, we're just like, you know, we're from, like, deep Texas. Um, and and she, was, she was like, nope, I don't know what flies to use either. I'm not a fisherman. I don't care. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, okay. So yeah, yeah. Um, my brother and I, 
went out. We, we actually, so it, it was by the hour, which was kind of weird. Um, we just bought one hour, but we fished for a couple more. <laughs> um, and they, uh, so yeah, we, we like, we ended up going back there. We, we weren't catching anything at the beginning, just a couple of bluegill, like the, like the lady said, you know? Um, but we ended up finding this one bridge at the very edge of the border that we like, you know, of where we could fish. And, and there was just a ton of trout all like, like you could see them. You could see them like right through the water. There yeah. was just like, I mean, there's at least like 20 just waiting there because there, there was like a couple streams flowing in and there's a really deep hole there. So they were just like waiting for all the stuff to just float in right yeah. into them. Mm. Um, and so my brother and I, we cast them, like we, we had seen some like bass before, but they, they weren't interested in anything that we're throwing at them. Um, and so we just, we put like some super small flies on there. I was, I had never like used a fly that small. Um, but, but like, I, I couldn't even see it through the water, but I just saw some fish starting to chase something. Um, and eventually like it was, it was a couple of minutes before my brother and I got some. Um, so you're throwing subsurface on in the water flies. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, did you put an indicator on? Like a no. no, no, we we don't have anything for like trout, right? Oh just like, my gosh! I think it was just at the beginning when we had, when we had bought our rods. There was a couple of trout flies in there, you know, like it came came with it, um, with like a little like package that we've got for. Yeah. You don't have for, an Orvis rod? No, yeah, we do, we do. And it didn't come with. No, no, flies. not no. It was like it was. But a, you buy like a kit that comes with like different flies and stuff. Not with gotcha. the rod, yeah. It was. He um, said with the rod. I was just trying. maybe at the same <laughs> time he bought it, or maybe well, he tied some trout flies and fly tying. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, that, that's true. Yeah. That's true too. All he ever did was talk in the back with us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I tied a couple in <laughs> the beginning, um, but but yeah, no, so we ended up catching three and three. My, my brother caught three, and I caught three. Um, Rainbows, browns, rainbow trout. Okay. W- although we saw one, and we don't know what it was. It was kind of like a golden color. Oh, okay, yeah, that's a uh, palomino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amino trout. They're like they're uh, the like skin pigmentation. Exactly. Disorder. They're uh, mutated out rainbow trout. Huh. Yeah. So we saw one of those feeding, but they were they were kind of far away, and we couldn't catch that one. Um, but coming back, my brother and I, um, you know, so we, we caught the trout and everything, and we released them. And then when we're going back to the store, the same lady is there. And we're like, oh, so like kind of loudly, I just tell my brother, like, oh, it's amazing how many trout we caught <laughs> and you could just see the lady was like what um she probably just thought y'all were being a-holes <laughs> <laughs> which i mean we kind of were <laughs> um but yeah no it, it was really fun um definitely definitely a really cool experience uh we had no idea what we were doing but it was still it was a lot of fun mm-hmm. that's awesome brought them up on a stringer or showed them to her there <laughs> <laughs> you go cool uh well we'll talk to you at the end again about how you got into fly fishing and now how you have a place where you have some ponds and you guys are maintaining it and hunting and fishing and mm-hmm. working. And actually, um, well, I guess I'll mention it at the end, but like the, the deer too, we've been, we've been working on those for a while. Oh, nice. Um, and yeah, we'll talk about That's it. That's a little teaser. We get, let's yeah. <laughs> spark their interest to, to <laughs> listen to the end. Um, I have an upcoming trip to uh, Comfort. Oh, yeah, that's right. The yeah, family yeah. rented a house on the Guadalupe Ooh. and Comfort for a little vacation. You going to bring your rods? On is the it r- going to be comfortable? The, it should be very comfortable. <laughs> dogs are also allowed at this house. Oh, that's exciting. So Gimli's going to go, and their dog, Summer's going to go. We actually, Gimli hasn't been at our house since we have the, our house is uh, torn to shambles yeah. right now. Where's he at? He's at uh, family's house. Gotcha. Yeah. Because they're constantly doing work and yeah, it makes sense. All, all that kind of people stuff. People and everything. Yeah, 
Landon stopped asking me to watch Gimli. No, does, he, he, does he let him chew the AC? You let him chew the AC uh, hey, cables? That, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, I need to ask you something. When is that trip? What trip? Your comfort trip. I'm leaving on Wednesday. Okay. I got something to ask you afterwards. Just remind me. Okay. I need you to watch This is such great, great content. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> should go to High's Cafe if it's still open. High's Cafe? Yeah, it's in comfort. It's pretty good. We're going to go to Sister Dell Barbecue too. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's place. a great place. Yeah, it was closed the one time we tried to go. Yeah, was it so like a random though. day, like a Tuesday? It closed on Tuesday. Uh, we hit, were float. We did a float trip. Yeah, and my thing always doing the float trip and then going to Sister Barbecue. I always tell people it's not guaranteed because they might be out of barbecue because they sell it every day. Gotcha. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we're gonna go and I haven't decided if I'm gonna take the raft down there yet. But I'm definitely gonna at least gonna wade fish and swim and it's nice water right now. Too. Edit some videos. I'm gonna take my computer. Edit some videos, relax. Relax a little bit. Yep. It's going to be a good time. So I'll fill you guys in next week on the trip. That sounds great. Oh, and actually, talking about barbecue, this isn't in comfort or anything, but there's this barbecue that just um, opened up. They just, like, bought their store. Um, And they have some great barbecue. They're just starting out. Um, It's called Rebels, and it's in New Berlin. If y'all ever are in that area, it's around shirts, give it a try. Because they're, like, -hmm. like, starting out their business. They started during covid and the barbecue was so good that, like, they, they were successful. It started out of, like, a uh, food truck. Mm. Um, it's some great That barbecue. reminds me of a barbecue story of a time that we were teaching a class. Oh, yeah, yeah. At your place because <laughs> you and your family kindly offered to allow us to do fly fishing classes on your guys' property. And <laughs> there was a barbecue place in town <laughs> that someone said was good. Okay, okay. To, to be fair, we, we did say that it was good. Um, but that was, we had, I think it was, we had bought the, the ranch recently. Yeah. Um, and the previous owner, this was, it was like an old guy, um, you know, like that has been like going to these same restaurants for like his whole life. He was like, this place is the absolute best place. I think it was for their fries or something or like for their burgers or something like that. So that was, that was like the backstory. On yeah. That. And so we had, we had been on like a barbecue kick where we had been trying all like the fancy places in town. Yeah. <laughs> So we went. To, we go to this place, and I think everyone orders barbecue. Come to find out, it's like oven barbecue, and it was not very That's good. That's not barbecue. No, <laughs> it was not. We all got no. brisket and everything, and I was like, "What is this?" Yeah, it was like gray, had yeah. no color. No, it was pretty gross. You had okay. to drench it in sauce, and t- it was hard to chew. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't here for that one. I Thanks for the so. invite. No. It was tough. Yeah. Though. You didn't miss out. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, I have maybe something a little off topic that's interesting that's going on r- right now. The whole Big 12 debacle. Oh, man. It makes me sad. Wait, I, actually, I actually don't know what that is. Okay. So. Uh, don't worry. You're not missing much. Yeah. <laughs> you're missing everything if you're in Texas. If you're in Texas. So, uh, Texas the Big 12 schools. conference, for which makes up. In uh, every, every sport. But in every sport. Football. But, like, Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, TCU, Baylor, uh, other schools. Kansas, Kansas State. Kansas, Kansas West State. Virginia. West Virginia. Yep. Texas and Oklahoma want to leave and go to the SEC conference. To a better conference. Cliff, and I was about to say Cliff and her smart co- comment. Um, I mean, if you look at championships, yeah, they, they get more. Yeah. I, you also I, look at number of NFL drafts. 
Majority come from SEC. If we're talking football, yes, SEC yeah. is the best conference. If we're talking basketball, if we're talking basketball, oh, well, I'm not no. talking basketball. Not yeah. SEC. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. So no one cares about basketball <laughs> in the southeast. Um, and so it's throwing everybody in shambles mm. right now because because it's going to dissolve the conference. As the Big Twelve, you only had ten teams to begin with. Yeah, and if the two biggest schools, right. Oklahoma. And so Texas if it leave. was the Big 12, why don't they only have 10 teams? Because two of them left in 2011, 2010, 2011. A&M and Missouri left yep. to go to the SEC. Yeah. And, so yeah. they wised up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, essentially if these two big teams leave and go to the SEC, Big 12 will be dissolved because there's not really enough, enough draw mm. to bring in four new big teams. Yeah. So now it's like as we're there's a lot of uncertainty, and we're both tech, tech grads. grads. Oh yeah. So there's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, I mean our and president's been emailing us and stuff. I got a lot of Baylor friends, yeah. and uh, you know, it's just a lot of uncertainty. Like, who knows what's going to happen? It's kind of crazy. Um. So my take is that, and I'll just say this, and then Zach, you can say whatever you want. My take is that I'm tired of Texas, more specifically Texas, less OU, mm-hmm. but Texas dominating the decisions revolving around our conference and their network and everything that goes on with them. So then you should be saying, I want Texas to leave because then they no, would have a so say what, in your conference. What I'm saying is I think that Texas... No, you're, you're being... No, 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 Y'all no, no, are no, no, all no, no, being no. butthurt because no. Texas has so much of a draw and a say in it no, because no, no. they are what the I'm, power player. What I'm saying is that I think the smaller schools, Baylor, who just won a national championship in basketball, Tech... TCU, who has great, had great football teams in the past, Kansas, who has a great basketball team, should say, we're not going to wait around for Texas and OU to make a decision on what the SEC is going to do when all these schools have already been invited into other conferences. So I don't think these smaller schools should be waiting on the SEC to accept Texas and OU, and they should say, we're going to make the decision that's, that's best on, for that's our on, school. That's on Texas Tech. That's Casey, what I'm saying. That they all need to make the decision for themselves and not wait that's around. That's what I'm saying. But all I've heard from our group conversations mm. and everything, and what I hear through the grapevine, which honestly I could not give uh-huh. two Cliff Coward specials <laughs> over, uh-huh. is that Texas is dominating and making all these decisions. Texas plays their their money card to get everything that they want and all this. Well, that's just Texas. Yeah. It's their decision. It's their money to do with what they want and see fit. If they have enough money, it's like the Yankees being able to blow no, it's, all their money. No, exactly. no, it's exactly whatever, like that. whatever they want. I don't disagree with you. That's why I'm saying, because I don't disagree with you, Texas can do whatever they want. But I do not like that, and Texas can do this, but I think being associated with Tech, Tech should just say, screw it. We're going to join yeah, the Big 12. Yeah, but that's 12. a decision that Tech needs to just make. The Pac-12, yeah. yeah. That's a decision that Texas Tech needs to just make 
on their own. It doesn't shouldn't matter what Texas or TU. That is, but I guess is what we, I'm we saying. We all heard Texas cry so loud when A and M left and went to the SEC that we're all thinking, okay, well, we're all in this together. And then to find out five years later, they're doing the exact, uh, not five, mm-hmm. like nine years later, they're doing the exact. Yeah, same but thing, people. You know I mean? Well, and if Texas wants to go to the SEC and lose time. every game too, that's fine. That's the thing too is like uh, they haven't been good. In I think we're five we're years. all just mad. We because all Texas we does all not live in a, we all live in a culture right now where. The rules of even four years ago do not apply no. to what's going on right now. I think mm-hmm. yes, no, that is one hundred percent true. For sure, true. for sure. We're all just mad though because you know, Texas in our mind, Texas doesn't deserve to be the power player, decision maker for the Big Twelve because they don't really have the results to back up their thoughts right now. No, but they have the money exactly and the draw yeah. too, and that's what it really comes for down sure. to. For sure. Oh and yeah, that, and that your. Your horn tone would change if you were a UT grad instead of a Tech grad. Oh, yeah. No, I know UT grads are all so like, oh, yeah, we're going, blah, blah, blah. It, you know, we're going to go lose the Bama. That's the way you got to think about it. And they will. They will, for a fact, get their butts uh, yeah, kicked for a few years in the SEC. And then they'll start drawing because the reason that they're trying to no, do it SEC is the gets same, same reason and everything else. that A&M went over is because people who grow up in Texas want to stay in Texas, but they want to play for an SEC team and because it's a harder conference. They And now make, with the money behind players as well, that if you can draw more money, you can draw bigger players, you can right. pay your players more. Or sponsorships are going to pay the players who are more likely to end up in the championship right. more than they would anybody yeah. else. All I'm saying is... I'm butthurt about it. I'm all, right there with, all I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm saying is Texas can do whatever they want, but Tech shouldn't be waiting around. This is my complaint to Tech. Tech shouldn't be waiting around for OU and Texas to make a decision and for SEC to vote on letting them in. They should just make a decision and say, we are not – our decisions are not going to be dictated by what other schools do. My We're question, just going to leave and my question join another conference. on it is, and as I've said in the past, take everything I say regarding sports with a grain of salt is, though, what is the SEC going to do – because they're adding potentially two more teams. It's just growing and growing and growing. Well, they, they're, they're already two divisions. Right. The so SEC. are they going to they, – they've already done one split, the SEC East, the SEC West. Uh-huh. Uh, How many teams are in both? Ooh. Is it round 14? I, I don't know that number off the top of my head. Um, but – I mean, they could split again. That, I guess in theory, but – As long as what they have – It'll oh. be what? There's, is there 14 teams in the SEC? I can Google it. I think that'll make 16. So they'll do four divisions and then – Well, not maybe, no, if there's 16 teams, they could easily just do two divisions. Two divisions, yeah. Yeah, because that's the same thing. And then you just play every school in your division and then winner, they do a Well, because they're thinking about for the Pac-12, they're thinking about adding us, uh, Baylor – 14 right now. 14. So, yeah, they would go 16. Same thing when with the Pac-12, all, after all this came out – Pac-12 is interested in adding Tech, OSU, Oklahoma State University, uh, Baylor, and um, TCU. One more. It might have been TCU, and that would put them at 16, which they would have a Pac-12 South and a Pac-12 North, you know. Mm-hmm. And we play Arizona, uh, Colorado, Utah, all those, you know, yeah. all those other guys. So I don't know. It's interesting, to be honest. Tech football has made me so mad the last two years, anyways. I'm not. I'm just so apathetic about anything that's tech that's not basketball or baseball. It's just kind of like, okay. Yeah. I think what tech should do in it is go to a stronger basketball conference because it sounds like that's where they shine 
then that's where they need to be. Basketball get their, and baseball. Get their butts kicked for a couple of years and go through a regrowth period and then come out on top. I mean, I don't know what I the would rules like to, are. I would like for us to focus mainly on basketball. But the thing is, though, in Texas, football is where the money is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So well, you can't the, do that's that. That's the case everywhere. Yeah. Um, which is why they want to be a part of the SEC. Right. It's the strongest no, no, no. football conference. Right. But I don't know what the rules are surrounding, like, ACC. Like, I know it's the Atlantic Coast Conference. But how – if Tech was to go over there, then that's a heavy-dominated basketball conference. Right. Mm-hmm. That has a decent football program. Tech might be a contender. Yeah. No, that's not a bad idea. All I'm saying is whatever route they decide to go, we shouldn't be waiting around for other schools to dictate our decision. And I think we're at a point now where they're not going to do that. I think that – And, I, and I'm saying the same thing for Baylor and TCU. Right. I wouldn't be mad at all if any of those schools made the best decision for myself. And then watch the SEC decline Texas or OU, and now they're stuck in a conference that – They can't do anything That in. they can't do anything in because other schools have already left. It's just – I think a little bit, too, is that, like, you spend so many years, you know, having these rivals, and it's like, okay, every year you look forward to this game, that game, and now it's like, okay, whatever. Play some teams I've never, we've never played before. Yeah, know? and my, my biggest thing with the, when the Aggies left is like, oh, Aggie Tech games were always so good. Yeah. I don't want that to go away. It wasn't necessarily about – that was literally the only thing that I was, like, bummed about was, like, there was, like, a semi-rivalry there. Well, A and M and UT will play now, which uh, you know. Go Aggies, dig them. They can be. Oh, (laughs) when it comes to UT, when it comes to versus UT, (laughs) all day. Roll Tide. Half my family went to A A and M. Roll Tide. When it comes to UT, I can't roll that tide. Whatever every chant is. What was the eagle? What was the guy? The guy who uh, who poisoned the trees on on. uh, Yeah. Auburn. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> got it right down. <laughs> I don't know, but on Auburn's camp, campus, just got, got too much BAM on me. No, wait, wait. You know the story behind that? What yeah. happened is that uh, Auburn was playing Alabama at Alabama. Auburn won. A guy from Auburn, a fan, put a Auburn jersey on the Bear Bryant statue in Alabama, and this dude got so pissed that he thought it would be a great idea to drive all the way to Auburn and put herbicide and stuff all over these hundred yeah, they're like, oaks. Yeah, they're like they're part oh. of the campus is like how yeah. fan, like how nice these trees are. It's like a thing. Mm. And he like drilled holes and he poured this chemical in yeah. the trees to kill, kill them. It. And oh, all man. the trees in that on that like square area because yeah. it's right out front front Sanford Hall. Uh-huh. I believe is the hall right there. Um, across from Tumor's Corner and everything, if you're an Auburn fan, you know, all those trees ended up dying. It wasn't just the two big oaks. It was all those trees. And when they arrested him, though, he was quoted saying, I guess I just got too much BAM on me. (laughs) 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 Um, The Olympics are going on right now, too. Y'all been keeping up with the Olympics? I love the Olympics. There's so much. No, I haven't watched any Olympics either. I I know Team USA basketball is losing. Uh, like soccer, lo- game. soccer lost both their games. They're out. Nope, they're not. Soccer lost first game, won the second game, draw the third game. They go into the knockout finals on Friday. I thought they were out. No, nope, they play Switzerland. But it is the soccer team who's had all the controversy surrounding yeah. them. Uh-huh. Yeah, they've had three games. They've only lost one. 
they won the second game by six goals. Like I said, third game was a draw against Australia. But now they go into the knockout stage where if they lose again, they're out. But that starts on Friday. I believe we play Switzerland. I'm not entirely sure. But we play on Friday. Who's up in the medal count right now? We are. 25. Okay. As last time I checked. And um, uh, we have, we're tied for the most gold. What? But also, we, we, we always send the most athletes. So it's like, you know, we should have the most medals. But what, um, uh, What's the controversy surrounding the Simone girl, the gymnastics girl? So not really controversy. It's just there's this huge move to, like, honor people's mental health over, like, just, like, being an athlete, right? People are more than just what they do for a living, right? And so this morning during the, uh, the actual, like, finals of the team gymnastics she did one vault which is like her thing she's like awesome in the vault she did awful like she lost it the second she hit the platform she was off and she like landed weird she was in the air weird it did like half of her trick and when she landed she like took a huge like four or five foot step and so she got like deducted like four or five points from what she should have gotten and so she got off the, the mat and told her coaches, like, her, she, her head was just not in it. She couldn't do it. There had been so much pressure around these games and everything. So she uh, took a step back, and the rest of her team competed the rest of the four, the three other rotations or the three other events. Um, so, which is fine because each event, each rotation, they take the top three out of four scores. So essentially they just dropped her score for each one and the other three competitors it was like whatever you get is what they're going to keep now uh they end up winning silver so mm. but it was the first time since like 01 or 2000 that uh we hadn't won gold and russia won for the first time since like 91 or something like that mm. or russian olympic committee you know they can't necessarily be russians um because the doping <coughs> we got a question today regarding the red tide Yep. That's going on. What can we as anglers do to prevent red tide like what's happening in Tampa? Yeah. Um, so, I read up on the red tide thing that's happening in Tampa. Yep, I have some notes if you want me to read them off real quick. Yep, go uh, ahead, Zach. So for those of you who don't know, a red tide is an algae bloom that causes a bunch of microorganisms and algae to grow in uh, water. Typically, the water is warmer than it is normally. And uh, it can be very dangerous because those organisms, like, get in the fish, fish eat them, creatures eat them, and they die. I also think it, doesn't it create less oxygen in the water? Yes, exactly. Which right? also... It deoxygenates yeah. the waters. The animals can't... Um, the fish and the and water has, like, a reddish color. Right. Hence, from those uh, yeah. the algae blooms. Hence and the like red that. tide yeah. name. Uh, so this normally happens naturally, but with rising ocean temps... Um, that are just kind of happening across the world, as well as pollution is happening a lot more often. Um, and this most recent one, people are attributing to the 200 million gallons of uh, polluted water that came from a phosphate plant where they were dumped into the bay, which made its way uh, just around the whole Florida coast. As of right now, they're projecting that it's about 100 miles of the Florida Gulf is being affected by this. And... Um, I was reading a scientist says that the fact that it's actually made it down to Tampa is what is u- the most unusual. Because, like I said, these things happen in Florida. They're used to it. There's fish kills every couple of years because of red tides. Um, but the fact that it's all the way into the, the Tampa canals and stuff is what's really worrying a lot of these people. Um, it's killed hundreds of thousands of fish. If you guys look online, it's just it's I think crazy. I thought I saw like a thousand tons of fish. Yeah. 
So it's yeah, it's crazy just how many fish. I mean, like you can look at the pictures. It's just kind of like, like piles of dead fish. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. Um, protesters obviously are demanding regulations and actions be put in place uh, to stop people from just polluting into the waters. Um, now, and the reason those two hundred million, I think, is important to note. The reason the two hundred million gallons of water were dumped because there was a uh, possible leak at the plant. Yeah, it was an older plant. Yeah, and so they had to, you know, dump the water to prevent, I guess, catastrophic failure, potential yep. catastrophic failure um, of the plant. And the plant needs to be repaired um, right. as well, uh, which is an estimated cost of like $100 million, I think I saw. Yeah, and we're already seeing a lot of, you know, you can look at the unfortunate accident that happened with that housing community there in Florida too that a lot of their buildings and stuff aren't following a lot of the codes that they need mm-hmm. to be. Um, I, I don't know if those two are related at all, but, you know. No, it wouldn't because didn't that uh, that building collapse happened in Miami, didn't it? Yeah, but Florida as a whole, just, you know, if they're not following the regulations that they need to be. Uh-huh. I don't know. Like I said, just interesting that two major things have happened because of people who don't fix the, um, their foundation and their buildings, you know. However, to go answer the guy's question... Um, I do think the obviously main thing is, you know, control we put into our water. Like we were talking about earlier before the podcast, that so like if you have an open wound, they highly recommend you do not swim in the Texas Gulf yeah. because of the number of that flesh-eating bacteria that's there from everything we dump into our water systems, into our Gulf, you know. Yeah, and you guys got to think too, you put, you know, fertilizer in your yard, we get a big rain, it washes into a creek, washes into the San Antonio River, San Antonio River flows into San Antonio Bay, all that stuff ends up at our coast. So that's something to to think about as far as, you know, polluting our waters is all this stuff ends up, you know, all the trash, all the animal dumpings and everything. That's a big thing. I know in some creeks in Austin, some dog, like near dog parks and stuff, they always have like no swimming warnings because of the amount of like fecal matter in the water from people just like letting their animals do what they do, but they don't clean up after them. And then all that stuff washes, you know. Right. And also, I mean, this is like it happens everywhere. Um, However, with rising temps, it is happening more often, even with the green algae blooms that are happening in our rivers here in the hill country as well. um, If you bring a dog to the river, try as hard as you can to make sure they do not drink the water from the creeks and rivers because of that green algae that can kill dogs. Mm. Um, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, yeah me neither. When the water gets warm enough, this, that you know like when you go to the rivers and you see the green algae blooms that are kind of happening? Mm-hmm. Uh, that can be deadly to dogs. So it only happens when the water temps get high enough when we haven't had enough rain and temperatures are really hot. So dogs drink that water, they ingest that stuff, and then they die. I think, I'm not entirely sure, but I think it gets into the lungs and that's how they, they die. Um, and I don't know enough about the the issues going on in Florida to, like, just take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. But I also know water has been an issue in Florida with, like, it's Lake Okeechobee yep. releases. And that's, like, dumping h- high nitrate water into the Gulf. Which is going to change the yeah. uh, oxygen levels. Yeah, it messes with the oxygen levels. I know that's like an overall big Florida issue that they've been fighting for a while. I didn't know until we read up on it earlier that this new red tide was due 
to the mainly caused due to the yeah. water release of the phosphate plant. Uh, I was wondering, though, I was like, some good news, though, is that they have been installing a lot of man-made reefs in that area for the last couple of years just as, like, their own project to help clean up the ocean. Mm-hmm. And that is actually helping kind of clean up some of this, uh, this stuff. So that's, you know... There's a silver lining. It's that the man-made reefs they put are doing their job. I also, one of the articles I did read too, it said that they were, you know, it's not all doom and gloom that all they have been testing the water and they have been getting cleaner water over the past 30 years in Florida. Mm-hmm. And at this red tide, you know, they think everything will recover from. Yeah. But what can we do with his act question was, what can we do as anglers? I think um, actually looking into that, and I know up in the Northeast as well near New York, um, there is this huge oyster recovery. And if you guys don't know, oysters are nature's they're like a nat- filter. Exactly. They're a natural filter. Um, how many gallons a day was it that il- oysters filter? It's crazy. Like how many one oyster can filter One a day. oyster filters. All I know is they're delicious. They're delicious. <laughs> um, but I think like all those kinds of initiatives, like I know Texas has an oyster plant as well. I know we are also creating man-made reefs. I think all of those things, um, as well as being smarter on land do like doing our part but mm-hmm. you know it's on arguably it's kind of like the plastic straw debate whereas like yes like you know we it is a small fraction of everything that gets up in the ocean but realistically it's these huge corporations that do the majority of the damage that unless they are doing something you know it's not really going to be a huge change unless some sort of regulation happens on that end but that's my two cents well and also um so we've been looking at uh trying to get some cattle because we had a lease you know but it's a, that's about to expire um, and definitely like what Landon was saying about the chemicals, um, we've been trying to look for like ways to, um, do it more naturally, like, you know, using less chemicals. Um, but we're still looking. So like if, if anyone knows, um, of ways to like, I know we have some friends that are trying to do that too. Um, you know, like less, like kind of letting the land do like do it by itself. But there's always like, you know, like the, the whole problem with the mesquites that are just everywhere. Um, they got to like spray those down and a lot of those are really harsh chemicals that can like run into the, into streams and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, well, and that's a huge concern cause you guys, you have some nice ponds and everything that you like to fish exactly, and yeah. where's that chemicals going to get washed into? It's all the ponds, you know, yeah. into the ground, into the ponds. Now I understand spraying them for the ease, mm-hmm. but you're a strong strapping young man. Why don't you guys go at it with a chainsaw? Why even a chainsaw? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's just give you an ax. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like, that's the problem. That, like, so the, the cows, I don't know if, like, yeah, y'all are familiar with this, but, like, the, so the cows eat the, the mesquite beans, and so, like, all the, like, just, like, nice fields are just covered with these, like, itsy-bitsy little mesquites everywhere. Yeah, because cows eat the beans, mm-hmm. go through the digestive system, and then they end up landing in a nice pile of fertilizer <laughs> that poop sprouts a new <laughs> tree. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and so the problem is, like, all these little mesquites, uh, they're just growing up everywhere, you know, popping up. And, and then, like, eventually, if you don't take care of it, it turns back into, um, you know, just like a, like the, just a big forest. Um, so the, the, there's, like, there's a whole thing of, like, how to take care of that not using chemicals. Uh, because if you chop it down, it's just going to grow again, you know. So. How do you do it? No, so that, that, that's, that's actually, your question. Yeah, that's what we're trying to figure out, yeah. That's the, that's the, that's the big question. Uh, this might be a good transition to Cliff's article, if you want to hit the sound bite. What are you doing today? Uh, I guess it's... God! Oh, he dropped his phone. Is it alive? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
It's conservation corner. Ooh, I haven't pushed this button in a while. A little lower. Little you guys lower. ready? Yep. I forgot that's what the sound was. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after the freeze, we covered that the state of Texas was placing uh, regulations on specs, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, they confirmed on July 21st, so six days ago, that they were going to extend the regulations by 60 days in the Laguna Madre. Okay. That's good. Okay, and do you remember what the regulations were? Uh, it's now a three-fish bag limit. Minimum size length, 17 inches. Maximum length is 23 inches. Yeah, it was a tight slot. Yeah, no fish over 23 inches may be retained. And it was three-day when specs were at five-a-day? Yeah, I believe so. Something yeah. like that. And I, I've heard... Specs took the biggest population yeah. loss of all of the Texas coast. At like Reds are doing okay. Somewhere around 50% yeah. of the population in some areas. But, yeah, they extended it an additional 60 days. Uh, originally, the uh, changes went into effect on April 1st through July 29th. Now they've extended it an additional 30 days, which will take effect on July 30th. And we'll run through September 27th right now. I'm interested as to why they just didn't change it for the new season. You know what I mean? Like, I, I know people buy year-to-date fishing licenses, but you would think with, like, August 15th right around the corner, people, like, about to renew the license, you would think that for the next year they would just say, hey, we're going to change it. Like, because realistically, changing it from five to three and having a tighter slot, like, is not going to be the end of the world for a year for people to do that. You know what I mean? No, but I think they're... I think they're trying to not make that a thing because then it sets more of a precedence. Like, it will be harder to revert back, whereas right now it's on a special case type yeah. thing. I, I see your point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I get your point. I, I'm just curious, like, if our outdoor annual is going to have, which is our, like, I you guys don't know, is our yearly – like limits, bag limits, size limits, all that kind of stuff for every uh, game we can take in Texas. Um, I'm just curious what that's going to say. If it's going to say the old stuff with the reminder, you know, of like check your regulations. I have no idea. Uh, I don't know if they're going to update the annual to that or not. Yeah. Because I don't think they've officially changed it, like you said, for the next season, and I don't. I think most people would be willing to accept that, but I think what it does do that I'd be weary of and why I see this as being kind of a better way to go mm-hmm. is that it would set a precedence because what if there's a boom in population and they've established, all right, well, we can only have three a day when the fishery gets back up to normal and everything. And like in a year, are, it would be harder for them to go the other way to right. re-up again. I do get that. I I totally get that argument. It's always harder from. to get our rights back than it is to take them. <laughs> I do get that argument. I just think that, you know, like the freeze was so hard, you know, like it'd just be easier for everyone who picked up an outdoor annual to know like, okay, this is the limit. You know what I mean? I think, I think that is, I, I, I think I, people I think should, say. I think people should research it. Yeah, and oh, that's, what, too, that's, what they, that's what they always too, default but. to is know your state regulations, mm-hmm, state right. local regulations and guide uh, for that moment. And that stuff could change for sure. on a year-to-year basis. But, but also, now are we setting a precedent where you can't trust the outdoor annual where you have to Google everything? You know what I mean? 
That's why people come to our podcast so they can get an update exactly. on the trout but, regulations. But you, but you know what I mean, though. Like we, it, otherwise, something's misinformation out there. You know what I mean. I wouldn't really say it's misinformation. I would just say that it's outdated information. That's no, a better word. There's for a, sure. Yeah, for sure. Misinformation has a negative, negative like intentionality right now. between it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would say the reason why they're doing it is so that it doesn't set a precedence that it's always going to be three, and then once it gets back to normal, people... Yeah, and there, there's a lot of people mad about the reduced regulations. A lot of people mad about... And see, this is an easy way they can come out tomorrow and be like, all right, never mind. Yeah. They can revert it at any second. Yeah, yeah. or they can, just every, they can just keep extending every 60 days, you know. They could, but... but you know. Um, I did see the Texas Parks and Wildlife, though, is doing a huge hatchery program for the speckled trout. Mm. Trying to get them going again. They already have a whole bunch of like breeding pairs, or I don't know other pairs, but you know breeders in a area where they're just really trying to hit it hard. Nice. So that's cool. Um, we got a wood tip call. Oh so yeah. So let's listen to that before. What uh, color is it? It's the purple, I believe, bottom left. Morning, boys. This year, wood tip pickle chip, giving you another call. No boys, we're down here, uh, down here killing pigs. All right, got a little. A little bit different thing going on. It's it's hot, all right. Even for South Texas boy, it's getting pretty warm. You know what I'm saying? But uh, we're still killing pigs, killing pigs. You know, got them Yankee fellas. They come down here from north of the border, okay, and uh, the Texas border, all right. And uh, they brought these night vision thermal infrared uh, whatever dealios. They're pretty fancy, pretty fancy. They're they're putting out the pork at night, uh, but you know we're having to sleep during the day uh, but uh so you know it's about 5 30 all right about 5 30 and uh uh i'm got a little got a little bourbon okay no coffee all right just bourbon and uh oh wood tip fitting to go down while the sun comes up all right I think there's a <laughs> song about that but uh anyhow you know just want to give you boys a, a quick word of encouragement all right you know just let you know i uh, appreciate you fellas all right no you know not every one of your podcast radio uh uh episode dealies there is perfect okay all right but you know hey listen you know not everything is perfect all right not even old wood tip all right old lady friend will tell you that quick fast in a hurry but uh, <laughs> you boys are doing all right you know got a pretty good show very entertaining okay y'all, y'all got some good good interview people on there and uh you know you're going to get some negativity okay some negative comments all right and uh you know just gotta roll with the punches all right you just gotta roll with the punches all right so and i think y'all are y'all are doing good so uh anyhow i just want to let y'all let y'all know how i feel about that all right and uh um that's pretty much it boys pretty much it so we'll check in with you later this here's wood tip pickle have a good week. <laughs> <laughs> Would it make himself laugh or the Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All right. No, I ain't called me pickle. <laughs> I, I, I ain't never heard, heard that before. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right. I don't got I may not have any bows out of Oh man, that was great. I think he's commenting on that review that, that was is on old. Apple. Have we been sitting on this? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh I think he's review uh, joking about the negative review we got where uh we someone called him didn't call him wood wood tip pickle chip. They referred to him as an expletive. <laughs> <laughs> For those so. of you guys who don't know, wood tip is uh just someone who calls in and checks in on us every now and then. Yep. 
And you too can call in and check in on us. Yeah, no one else has ever called. No. Nope. <laughs> Only Woodtip. People do submit questions. They do. We love your questions. But guys. no one's ever called in and checked in. So also, if, you, if you guys send us an audio file. Also, if you have a question, you could just put it in the comments of one of our po- posts too. I mean, like, obviously, like, the story is the way to go. But, hey, if you're, like, on Tuesday morning, I don't know where I'm at. Also, yeah. I will say, he is right. It has been hot. It has been hot. It's been, it was, I got, it was 101 yesterday. Yeah, driving over here, it was, like, 99. That was, like, at 7 o'clock, 6.30. Yeah. Okay, but the the crazy thing, though, is that I think someone said, like, like the official, like, you know, radar or whatever, said that there hasn't been a single day over 100 in, in like, the San Antonio area or something like really? that. So, I mean, that's like, that's the great. The thermometer that I read says differently. <laughs> <laughs> but it hasn't been like as hot as of it's a been summer. Humid. Yeah. It's been it humid. Yeah. It's been more humid. It has more. been. Um, and I think you feel the humidity more than you feel the. You 100% do. Uh, I would definitely say coming from Georgia, it's a lot more humid where I'm from than it is here. I imagine, yeah. But it doesn't get as hot, like temperature wise. In Georgia? Where I'm from. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure other areas probably. I can't speak for all of it. Yeah. But like a, a hot day, a truly hot day in Georgia would be like 98, but with 100% humidity. Right. It feels like it's annoying. Sucks. Yeah. But it's here, it's always just hot. Not really that humid. Like yeah. we have a good bit of it. So when it is humid here. And hot, it sucks. Like, mm-hmm. But yeah. the thermostat... Yesterday and the day before, definitely read 101. Yeah. I don't know what radar you, whoever you're <laughs> wow. looking at. They're lying. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by the NHL on TNT. When it comes to hockey, the Stanley Cup playoffs are built different. Experience the intensity and insanity on the ice and off it. From now through June on TNT and TBS. Get ready for seven game rounds of knockdowns, dragouts, pressure, and agony as teams go head to head without ever letting up. The Stanley Cup playoffs are known for more than just a few cracked ribs and black eyes. Pushing through the pain is the name of the game. With so much edge of your seat action, you'll refuse to shave or change your jersey. Don't say we didn't warn you. Ready to feel the rush? Watch the Stanley Cup playoffs now on TNT and CBS. This episode is brought to you by Cox Contour TV. Sometimes it's hard to decide what to watch, but Cox Contour TV helps make that decision easier. Enjoy live TV, on-demand programs, DVR recordings, and music all in one place. And only with the sound of your voice with the Contour Voice Remote. Plus, catch the golf and basketball action you've been waiting for on the Contour Sports app. Learn more at coxcox.com slash contour. Um, I got an interesting article. Okay. Uh, we don't have a Florida man bite. Florida man. But this isn't exactly. Well, hell yeah, So. Come on, you talk about this? <laughs> this isn't like a fl- traditional Florida man title. Uh-huh. Okay, like Florida man does this. Uh-huh. Can you make it a Florida man title for me? <laughs> but I was Googling Florida man titles, and this was like the top results that came up because it was like the news story was like an hour old yeah so basically this guy in an effort to raise money for like a charity he wanted to run from like florida to new york the coastline but 
instead of running like, oh, I'm going to run the beach or I'm just going to like run this road to raise money for a charity, he built a hamster wheel contraption <laughs> to run <laughs> nice. on the water. What? Yeah, check that out. Well, all right. It's a man. floating hamster wheel. Let's that he honest. runs in. I mean, Michael, that's on cool. the water. Like, that's kind of cool. Okay, but I feel like you wouldn't a, go anywhere. I feel like it would be harder. Uh huh. B kind of smart because then it's going to be way more of a straight line. Because if you're just running, the coast goes j- zigzaggy. Oh, so you think he's like straight yeah, lining he's just straight it, lining lining. it to New York, even if that means he's a hundred miles off the coast. Yeah. Well. The reason this became an article, uh-huh. because that's not as newsworthy. How many cliff bars did he He washed up on the beach like 22 miles in. Oh, I was, yeah, I was going to ask if he died. Like. <laughs> no, he didn't die. He oh, didn't okay. die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, dang, we're bouncing pretty hard, Landon. Uh, <laughs> this went the other way. You should have warned him. <laughs> Apparently, his navigation system like didn't work, wasn't what? functioning. So he like, And then his backup navigation system, he lost it. So he just, like, ran up on the beach to, like, get a new navigation system. Well, a bunch of people called in to the Coast Guard saying, this guy, this weird thing washed up on the beach, and we don't really know what it is. <laughs> and so the Coast Guard went out, and they're like, yeah, you can't really do that, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Wait, you so ha- why can't he do it, though? Because he didn't get boat registration. So uh, tax uh, dollars, bro. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the deal is, like, First of all, they didn't know that some guy was, like, running down the coastline. Um, they weren't aware in case something happened. Second of all, I think for events like that, when people try to do those long swims and things like that, they need to have a trail boat available um, following that person. Gotcha. And so they said that he would have to get a trail boat, get the proper navigation, and then he would be able to do it again. Um he was trying to so raise money for first his responder charities. His wheel didn't have a, a TomTom connectivity thing in it. <laughs> I guess his, not. His first Garmin fell off. Uh-huh. And then. <laughs> then he reverted to Apple Maps, and you know how bad that <laughs> no, is. No, you get, you get five feet of water. It's like, I don't know where yeah. you're at. <laughs> so he has to have safety navigation equipment, which had failed, so yeah. he had to get that. He needs to have an escort boat, and he has to file a voyage plan before he sets off with the Coast Guard. That way, they know roughly what trail he's taking, where he'll be at each day. Uh, but he complained that he would rather make it the trip on his own than with a support team uh, following him on the boat. So he's just going to quit? No, <laughs> I think he is going to try to do it, but following the regulations. Okay. Um, they I, bet also, he, I bet he tries again without the regulations. They had also mentioned that he has had other unsuccessful voyages. Yeah, see. Oh. Yeah. No, no, he's going to do it again. Without, so He's going to be like, oh, no, I'll get that guy. And just like run um, again. He's from Florida? I don't know if he's from Florida. I just know. He's from, yeah, he's And that's why, that's why I don't think it he said Florida, says, man. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. So if, wait, 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 wasn't he trying to like raise support for something? Or... Yeah, for first responder groups. For first responder. Wait, so then how didn't, like, how wasn't this a big enough deal that, like, the Coast Guard would figure out? Or, like, or the first responders, you know? Uh, he was, well, I'm like, sure he advertised it and raised money, like, GoFundMe and stuff like that. I'm doing this. I'm sure he raised money. I'm but running to New York on water. Yeah, I'm, I'm running, running to New York, York on my hamster wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Props to him for trying, though. Hey, you know, I want to see him succeed. Yeah. I hope he does it. Yeah. Well, well, I'll follow up in a couple of weeks to see if he made it. I honestly wonder how long that's going to take him. Wait, probably like a month. A month? No. Nah. Well, yeah. To, okay, if you were running the coastline on land, 
it would take. Yeah, because it takes people. It takes people like five months to do the Appalachian Trail, right? No, I thought it'd take more than a month. To oh, run. you think it takes yeah, longer? I think yeah. it would take longer than a month to run on water. You think so? Yeah, because you think about got to think about that thing has zero traction. Yeah, that's true. So it's really going to kind of spin in place for a bit before he gets. No, going. he has these. If you look at it, it I don't like, think it, like it, rudders. Or it it's got paddles. Paddles. Yeah. So I think he is going to be moving forward. But also, yeah. like, if you're in like a little capsule or like a hamster bar or whatever, it has to get like pretty hot. You know, I or like how do you take naked. breaks or something? <laughs> but if it's metal, then you get burnt. Ow! <laughs> I'm, sure he's, I'm sure he's getting ocean spray like all day to yeah. cool like off. Like the cranberry juice. <laughs> you know what? He's he's keeping it clean. Yeah. So go try it again, dude. Legally, though. Legally, or not? I don't know. Do it. For every hundred dollars, we will match a penny. For every hundred dollars, we will match a penny. Mm-hmm. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. So, uh, Diego, before you go, mm-hmm. your family bought a property. They did. Yeah, and you have and you have some ponds on there. And you guys have been working. When you guys got there, I remember you saying that like there's no deer, and you guys are working hard to build the property up make sure the fishing's good, doing all of that kind of work. Would you like to explain, like, what you guys are doing and what your goals are? So I think it's interesting for people. Like, I don't think people understand how much work something like that takes. And I know you guys are constantly putting effort and, like, have asked me, like, what do you think about throwing this type of stuff in the pond to help reduce the algae? And you guys are always thinking about, like, what you can do to make it better and, like, from a conservation standpoint. Yeah, definitely. So um, a couple of neighbors uh, of ours are that also have some land and everything, they're trying to do the same thing because the deer, there was like, I mean, we would see a few, maybe, you know, a couple, a couple of days, um, maybe a month, you know, there was like, and, and it was always the same deer, you know, uh, because they had been hunted down. I think what, what they had explained to us was that there was a lot of farms right there because it's kind of like, you know, the, the, like the soil is really good and everything. Um, and so, but, but the deer were eating a lot of the crops. It would, like they would shoot them. Um, for, you know, like both, both for the meat and because they were, you know, destroying all their, all their crops and stuff. So, um, there weren't that many deer left, but a couple of neighbors in ours, we kind of talked and we're like, you know what, we're just not going to kill deer for a couple of years, you know? And, and we had a lot of people saying like, no, you're crazy. You know, like, it, like the, your neighbor's going to shoot them first. And they're like, there's not going to be any deer. You have to go and get them first and stuff like that. Um, but you really have to like, you know, like stay in that, like, um, mentality that like the wildlife was there um, and that you have to kind of like take care of it you know because it's your land um, so so but recently like w- I was out one day with my friends and we saw like 20 deer all mm. just crossing this ridge which like you would never see there um, and and it's so it's, it's really cool because now this this season we're actually preparing and we might even start doing like some um, some hunts there because the they've like reached kind of a sustainable level I wouldn't yet you wouldn't yeah we I would we're give, still thinking I would about give it. it. I would give it probably another season. So I think it's a great thing. The only way that it can truly be sustainable in y'all's place because it is like low fence, like everyone around is low fence, mm-hmm. is you would have to get your neighbors on board with it. I think that y'all could do a couple of different things to increase habitat for deer, but also knowing that y'all want to run cattle on it, I don't know how that would work. Um, I don't think it's 
an either or situation. I just think you got to go about managing it differently. Well, also, um, like, how many you guys aren't going to take like you know, 10 you guys aren't going to call the whole, the whole herd this year, right? Yeah, but yeah. you exactly. still want to be smart with the ones that you do. Oh, yeah, yeah you want to be There's, smart with the ones you choose. Oh, then so that's forever. I, I mean, do, that's if you hunt in five, 10 years, like, you want to, you know, make sure you're picking the right ones. Well, but, uh, well I would say. They need to start that as soon as they start hunting the property. Mm-hmm. Not shoot willy-nilly. Uh, before you leave, if we're off the podcast and everything, which I believe we would be, uh, take a picture of those posters, and I'll go through with you, and I can show you what you probably want to shoot, what you don't want to shoot. And stuff yeah, like and that's that. another question, because like, yeah. I know some people that say, like, oh, no, you want to shoot the spikes. And then like some people are like, no, you want to shoot the older bucks. And then you know some people say, you don't want to shoot the older bucks because – they're like they have more experience. There's a million else, right? opinions, and I don't know if one's right because I've had like wildlife biologists who study you deer. You look at the exactly. genetics. It's yeah. not, but there's you ask a, you ask ten different wildlife biologists, you'll get diff- ten different I think, answers. Of I who think to, who to the, take. the term spike is uh, has two meanings depending on who you are. I think it could either be like a a young buck that has spiked antlers as like just Two little spikes, it's young. I wouldn't shoot it because you don't know what it's going to be. Well, I think it's already been proven that just because it's a spike doesn't mean it's always right, going to be a spike. Right, but if, if right. it's exactly. an older deer that's a spike, chop it. Right. Yeah. Kill that one. If it's an atypical, we'll go over all of it later. That I can go down a rabbit hole. You or did, if you're going to take a doe. Cliff fired up. Or if you're going to take a doe, just take a doe. If you're just hunting for meat, just kill a doe. And, yeah, that's mostly what we're doing. You know, we're not trying to get any trophies out of there. That's And, you uh, know what, if you take a – a doe a year or two does a year. I don't think you're, you know, because then there's a the other question. You know, like, should is it better to take does than than bucks? Right. You know, because the does are the ones that have the the funds. So Cliff's biting his tongue for something. <laughs> yeah. There's ten different I, opinions. I don't think you should <laughs> shoot a doe. Going going off of the first, no. Yeah. Not until you can prove, like, get a biologist or something out there or someone to do like. Some sort of account. Uh, if the ratio is super doe heavy, then mm-hmm. I'd start taking does and whatnot. But they are the ones that have the fawns, and you can mitigate shooting a doe if it's pregnant by not shooting them, like only target them at certain times. Um, you can also there's different ways to do it. There there's a hundred different schools of thought on it. Um, but I, I wouldn't necessarily shoot a doe until I knew it was super doe heavy. Because you got to think about it. A buck, a buck can, one buck can breed as many does as it can get it in on. Mm-hmm. So more does with one buck, not say a super great thing to have, but it would possibly lead to more deer in the future yeah exactly and then well. i think well and i think too a big thing that you guys are just finding right now is there has been traditional over hunting in the area mm-hmm. so like now we're just getting nitpicky on what deer you shouldn't shouldn't shoot but right. i think the big win hunt. was getting in an agreement with your neighbors that, that says amazing. hey yeah. we're not going to shoot any deer period because you can have a conservation plan on your place but yeah, if your neighbor's many, not following how it, many acres is yours so mine you is don't a, really have to say if you don't want to, but... Oh, no, yeah, mine, mine is around 100. Um, and then we have some neighbors, I think, uh, some neighbors beside us have the, have the biggest one around there, which is around, like, 200. 
Um, and then the others are just kind of small little guys, yeah. like 80. And, like Landon yeah. was saying, though, that's, it, you know. That's a big win. When everyone just, has a different opinion about what they should do, to even be together on that. To be together great. on that yeah. is, a, is a big win. And I think, you know, if you can have a conservation plan all you want about what you're going to shoot, what you're not going to shoot, you can talk to Cliff, you know, or whatever. But if you can't get your neighbor and you on this and everybody in the area on the same track, then matter. it I wouldn't say it doesn't matter, but it, it kind makes of doesn't. It, it, yeah. You're kind of paddling against the, yeah. the current. Yeah. If everyone else around you just doesn't care and they're shooting whatever. Uh, I will say what y'all did, step number one, getting the neighbors involved is great. A huge win. What have you guys been doing for the fishing? Well, so that's actually, it kind of ties in um, a little bit because uh, we had, I think we had been in a drought. I don't know if we had been in a drought. But anyway, the, uh, before, before the summer, which now it rained a ton. Um, it wasn't raining too much. Yeah, and we your just, ponds filled up. Oh, they're overflowing. This one, uh, I don't know if you remember, it was kind of in the back. It was basically just a ditch. Um, but that one is completely full with it's. It's the biggest pond. Is that now. where we uh, dove hunted? Um, no, yes. that that was a little one. Okay, there was one in the brush next to that. Um, I remember we were, you, you always point at it. You say like that is a pond, but it's just right now it was just like a dirt. Exactly. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, it's complete. Like you can't even. Eric, we is to, that the one that we heard the turkey gobble when we did to a one? I th- no, no, because it didn't have any fish or anything. Because it, it, it would it would go dry every summer. Okay. Um, but there was, or no, yeah. So there was a trail going through the pond because I mean it was just kind of on the side, and you can't even get past anymore. Really? It, yeah, that 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 was really cool. Um, we used to have a feeder by there. I don't know if y'all remember, but anyway. Um, there's this other pond that we use a lot for fishing, um, for the two or ones and everything like that. Um, and that one we would mostly fence off and, and it was kind of like a double purpose cause so there's, there's a pasture around it and we would fence it off so the cow, the cattle wouldn't drink all the water and the fish would die, you know, but then also that pasture that we would always see a ton of deer there, you know, because there was, there was nothing going after them and it was a good, like, like fresh four, access to water, yeah, for 40 deer, acres. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we would always see them hanging around there. Um, and, and we've been definitely trying to figure out, uh, good ways to get rid of a ton of, like, there's just way too much moss in the ponds. And I think that also, does that, um, like drag down the, the oxygen levels? Well, what, what we said well, about ma- the, it makes it hard to fish and yeah, it does mm-hmm. pull the oxygen levels down. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, but then, you know, it adds different nutrients to it as well. Cause then it gives fish more things to eat, but yeah. it kind of depends. So we're thinking about putting like a fountain or something. Something to aerate the pond, because mm. um, they said that that also helps with algae. Yeah, um, maybe redigging some of the sides when you know when it's low and when there's not a lot of water. Redigging some of the sides so that they're steeper. Um, doing stuff like that will actually prevent the algae instead of because there's like horrible chemicals that will even some of them will kill the fish. Yeah, um, if you're not careful with them, um, you know because the we've had a ton of fish there and I think they're just like natural. Um, well, you guys have some big bass. You isn't your biggest bass out of that pond? Yeah, still yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was, that was a, a nice fish. Yeah, especially on the fly. Is yeah. that a biggest one? The biggest one you've got? Yeah, I think oh, so. Wow. It was probably like, what like five pounds. Yeah, yeah. No, the, the and that's a crazy thing. I, well, I think it all comes from the like the grasshoppers because you know like, like it's like the food chain and everything. Oh, but yeah, they're yeah. they're huge. They're yeah. like like the size of your finger. You know how long they get and stuff. That's and so locus. and you always <laughs> <laughs> they are man like they're like they're yeah. crazy. They are. Well, I've even been out there oh, doing a two on class. When the bass are jumping at dragonflies that are flying. Oh yeah, the one went after a snake. Yeah, because yeah. you saw that one, right? Yeah, 
Um, we're actually thinking about getting a snake lure and you know, trying, that trying out, it out. Yeah, they're just aggressive. They go after everything. And uh, the one, like, the really cool things that fishing in these small ponds uh, makes you realize is that, like, if all these fish, if, if there's not, like, overfishing, if there's not, like, you know, if you kind of leave it be, these fish, like, fishing is can be a blast. You know, like, it is mo- most of the times when we do the 201s, people would get, like, fish on the first cast. Well, even, even you, Zach, right? Yeah. Your fish was, like, the very first one, it, like, t- took the lure. So it kind of, like, you kind of start to realize, wow, like, this could be what a lot of, like, the overfish streams are, or, like, the places like that. So. Just less people. Yeah, and that's why it's also worth, worth it to hike to a lot of places, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can get away from people. Yeah. No, for sure. Well, Diego, we know you got to run. Yeah, I do. So thanks for coming on with us. Do you guys have any other follow-up questions before we let him run? I don't think so, no? man. All we right. got Duff Hunt again. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. We need to, we need to start planning all that. Um, yeah. And, and we still need to, like, talk to our neighbors and everything about uh, the deer. But we've definitely, like, the cool thing is just seeing how it, you know, with just a couple, I mean, I think it's, like, four of us that were in that agreement. And we just kind of all talked. And we said, you know what? We need to do something about it. So now we've seen a ton of deer there. And, and it's always super rewarding, you know, to well, see what? Never mind. Never mind. We'll talk off. <laughs> you got Cliff. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I do need to leave. Thank okay, you guys so yeah, much. Thanks, yeah. Diego. Bye. All right. So you guys... Uh, Want to uh, hear Creature Watch? Yeah. Yeah, let's do some Creature Watch. All right. Uh, okay, so I am bringing you guys the story of the Galro or Galrao. You heard of this? Nope. Okay. It originated in Arkansas. And uh, let's see. I'll give you guys a little hint. Uh, a man named William Miller. He was the first one to find it. In the Ozarks, and what year do you guys think the Galrao of Arkansas was originally found? 1906. Okay. Cliff, what do you think? He's Googling it. No, I'm not. <laughs> I don't even know how to spell Galrao. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he said 1906. 1938. Okay. It was 1897. So you were within, you were nine years away. That's pretty close. Hey, I feel like I'm pretty good at, I just do gut check. Yeah. I feel like I have the highest winning percentage. Yeah. We should keep track. We need a whiteboard in here or a chalkboard. Uh, Anyways. Okay. So uh, first found in 1897 uh, after documentation was in the Arkansas Gazette. So like I said, a man named William Miller, uh, he was a little rock businessman he was out on vacation, out. Uh, he was the one who actually told the Gazette about a monster he saw while in the Ozarks. He dubbed it as the Galrao, uh, and he also called it a horrible monster. The name comes from the sound that he heard, which was absolutely horrible when he was walking in the woods at night. Um, so I guess Galrao, I don't know, like Galrao, Galrao, Galrao. You know, I don't know. So his name is Growl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's how he. That's how he spelled Growl as Galrow. <laughs> Growl. Uh, so the creature apparently went around killing livestock and pets in Searcy County. Uh, Miller then decided that he would form posse to capture or kill the creature. They were able to track it back to its lair, which is kind of like a cave in like a mountain. They're in the Ozarks, uh, but the one they found was filled with skeletons of animals and a few human skeletons as well. 
Um, so they're there, ready to either capture or kill this creature, and they hear a loud, uh, a large rumbling kind of coming toward, towards the location. As they look out, they kind of see trees moving and scattering, kind of like that scene in Jurassic Park, as it's coming towards them. Then, in a scuffle, the Galbrow actually came in and kind of te- took them one by one off into the woods. Uh, but the posse was too massive, and they ended up shooting and killing this animal. Um, but a few of the people, members of the posse, they lost a leg. Like, two members lost a limb, and both of them lost a leg. Hmm. So, no one. So, they actually killed the creature. They actually killed the creature. Okay. Right. So, they took it to a local examiner, like a local, like, biologist. How big was this creature? I was about to get there. Uh, and they took the remains to this examiner, and it was a 20-foot-long creature. It has two long tusks. Uh, has large webbed feet with claws on the end of it, and it has a row of short horns that lead along its back, as well as a long tail with a blade at the end of it. So it's like a weird-looking creature, especially if you look it up. A gow-row is very weird. Uh, William then claims that after the examiner looked at it, he actually sent the bones to the Smithsonian, but the Smithsonian claims they never received the creature. Hmm. So... After this kind of made the rounds and he told this gazette, uh, this kind of got people interested and an Ozark researcher actually went out and tried to collect different samples. And he believes that they're actually a species and not just one creature that hatched from an egg the size of like a keg, like a beer keg. Hmm. And the funny thing is now there's a man in Polk County there in Missouri who has said to have captured one. I thought it was in Arkansas. In Arkansas, sorry, not Missouri. It got Ozarks in my mind. I kept thinking Missouri. Um, in Arkansas. And for $10, he will take you to his barn. But the people who have paid the $10 to go back to the barn, uh, his tour ends the same way every time. You get back there, and he has a bunch of chains laying around, and he makes this whole freak out about how old the growl escape. The growl escape. <laughs> Apparently, the people take off running and leaving, and they don't actually investigate it. So, um, and it's only ten dollars. So it's like, oh, what am I gonna do? Lost ten dollars. <laughs> That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. So you get back there, and he's like, "What? Where did it go? Oh God!" <laughs> I wonder if he has repeat customers. <laughs> Every time they go back, man, you can never keep this thing chained up. <laughs> you need better locks. <laughs> you need better locks, man. <sighs> That's right. hilarious. That's Chupacabra tent territory right there. Yeah, it was Chupacabra. Chupacabra. Let's look that up. That was on my mind to look up today. Yeah. What it was. The Kendall County Fair. Oh, Ooh. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, do you guys have anything else? I think we've had all of our topics for today. I think so, too. Diego, when you go back and re-listen to this, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Diego. And talk to us about the property. Yep. Let us know how so, many deer you kill this year. Yeah, let us know how many deer you, deer you kill this year. Hopefully none on this property. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to get Cliff Wild. Yeah, Diego's a great kid. He yeah. uh, hung out with us at Orbis Ooh, a lot. It's an Aloha theme for the fair. Oh, gosh. And it's September 4th. Okay. Ooh. It's called... It's the... 115th Kendall County Fair Paradise. Oh. Mark it on the Honey Hole calendar. How do I do that? I don't know. I won't be there till that Monday. Or send me the dates and I'll mark it. Um, so, yeah, I know Diego started, picked up fly fishing and family bought some place and he's been getting after it. And uh, We've been fortunate enough to hunt and fish with him. Yeah, yeah. He's a good kid. 
His family's really nice too. For sure. So, um, you guys have anything else y'all want to talk about? I do not think so. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, I don't. All right. Well, thanks for listening to Honey Hole Hangout. Thanks, guys. We hope y'all get outside. Yeah. Enjoy oh, life. And uh, I don't know. We got stickers coming out. Oh, maybe we could uh, talk about some of our guests lined up. Oh, yeah. That And give you guys a teaser. So let me pull up the calendar, and I will give you guys a teaser about who we got. Next week is Graham. We've never given a heads up of who our guests are. We have we day. have like a like a hit list coming out in the next few weeks. Yeah, we yeah, got, we do. I would just say keep tuning in. Keep tuning. You're in. You're not going to be disappointed. Oh, no, no, I like, I like that. I like I like I like the don't you know you're not going to be disappointed. Maybe we just give one. Well, he already one said teaser. he I already said Graham. Said Graham. Graham. There it goes. Graham's going to be on next week. Graham Jones used to run the game wardens. Former, former game warden. Yeah, Texas Game Warden, so he should have some good stories. And yeah. Should have a good time. Uh, I, and I have a very specific question that he has been asked on social media before but did not answer. Oh, interesting. Also, he is going to bring us our on-patrol story. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Do you already run that bomb? I, in the initial email, yes. So, we'll fo- nice. I'll follow up with him. Very nice. So... All right, guys. Cool. Well, stay tuned. We'll catch you all next week. And get outside, have fun, go fishing. Play with your honey hole. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. You don't want to mix it up. It's just... In the beginning, you were mixing it up with the intros and the outros. I'm so used to yeah. doing the buy now. That's it's great. just, you know how hard it is to come up with a different quirky way of saying hello and goodbye every week it is? <laughs> it's exhausting. Well, put some effort in, Cliff. No. <laughs> you made a more effort required. Put a good amount of effort.